attention. We're gonna teach you something real special. Real special today. This is two coins. Two coins. Two coins. With my boy Wally. Wally. Ben Ronnie. Ben Ronnie. Wherever you're at, we're at. Showing two sides of the same coin. Let me know what y'all think. Two coins. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter today. And welcome back to the Two Coin Podcast. It's your boy Ronnie. And I'm your brother Waleed, the other side of the coin. Today's episode is brought to you by Riverside FM. We're not getting a check for this, but salute to them for making our lives a lot easier on this virtual, virtual podcast recording. Nah, facts, man. Honestly, makes shit a lot easier. You know, uh, first time doing this. Actually, not the first time. It's our second time. but Yeah, but we still kind of like novices when it comes to the, the whole digital, uh, virtual type shit, you know? One hundred, bro, one hundred percent. Because you got to think, even like the last time we did it, it was you and me were on one camera in one room, and then the homie was on another camera in the other room. Which I don't know why we didn't just have him be in the room, and then it was <laughs> like for real. <laughs> but uh, I guess you live and you learn. And we were talking about this offline too. Like one of the things that, or like one of the challenges that this presents is, I feel like we're we're, we're liable to cut each other off a lot more often. So. If y'all hear us doing that, just just bear with us until we kind of figure this thing out and get some feedback for ourselves. Nah, 100. I mean, shit, bro. This is literally our first time using it just with, with the two of us in the way that it was intended. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, so hey. I'm um, excited for it. Yeah, bro. It's uh, It'll open up a new chapter, so hopefully we'll start releasing more episodes soon. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I mean, for but, those of uh, you that don't know, and for those of y'all that give a fuck, like we in two different cities, so that's half the that's half the reason we try to keep it just a an in person pod. But yep. you know, it's time to grow up, just like everybody else. <laughs> for real, start figuring shit out. Hell yeah, man! So, where you want to start this off at, man? I know. Well, I kinda... Let me let me. I, I, I got a topic for you because I know we both are freestyling right now. We didn't come in prepared with nothing, but uh, first thing that comes to my head is that. I think it was, was it last week or two weeks ago that I went to the Sunday um, Larry June show in Oakland and then you went to the Monday one. I'm this pretty sure we more or less, got to see, yeah, we got to see the same show just on different days, but what was your opinion of the whole performance and him as a performer? So it's like a two-part thing, right? So I was actually talking with my new roommate, Don. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shout, Don. Out, shout out to Don. So it was me, him. Alex and the homegirl, Yada, we all went out there. It was a cool-ass vibe. Um, as far as just, an, like, the energy was on point. I loved it. Um, old boy did his thing. Um, but we were talking about as far as just, like, performance-wise. And I got to say, like, as a performer, he ain't really do much but just hop on stage and just spit a couple bars. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really talking about it. But, uh, like, it, it kind of, like, you know those performances you would see back when the homie going on, he, he got a show coming up and you go and the homie killing it just on stage. Mm-hmm. Ain't no lights. Ain't no, like, I've been to real performances. Like, not, not to say Larry June, they have a real performance because, you know what I mean? It's super yeah. late music. It's smoking music, stoner music. But, like, I've been to Cole's concerts. I've been to Kendrick's concerts. Like, you know what I mean? I've went uh an Anderson Pop concert. Like, these are performers. Like, to be honest, hands down, the best performer I've ever seen, Anderson Pop just for the way he knows how to maneuver a stage. Now, personally, the best overall show I've been to was the Kendrick Dam Tour because there was, like, a lot going on besides just, like, you know what I mean? He gave you a movie or an experience. So in that sense, Larry really ain't do that. But did I have a good-ass time? Yes. Was I high as shit? Yes. Was it it a memorable experience? Yes. And that's on a Monday, too, so... 
Bro, like, I made it a whole thing. Like, I, I actually went to the concert with my brother. Um, and, you know, we live in Monterey. That's, like, almost two hours away. So we got to see the concert on a Sunday night, and then we got a hotel room, stayed the night and everything. So made a whole little mini trip out of it. But, um, yeah, bro, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I feel like it was worth the price of admission for what we got. All 100. I, mean, I only paid, like, 30 bucks for, like, the pre-sale. So I'm like, I feel like I got my money's worth. Bro, you know what's crazy? What's crazier about that? The homie got it for $16 a ticket two days before. For real? I'm telling you, man, like these concerts, these shows, if you just wait it out, sometimes it's worth it. Now, on the flip side, you know that whole Taylor Swift concert that was go- like the whole, her whole tour that she's doing? Yeah. The cheapest tickets are the tickets when they first came out. Peep this, bro. The cheapest tickets was 80 bucks. Damn. The resale cheapest ticket you could get was a thir- was 1300 What the fuck? A thousand three hundred, and those are nosebleeds tickets, not like up front. Up front floor seats was going for a minimum of thirteen k. Bro, cause she's she's selling out arenas, man. So those those like for her fans, those types of seats are like prime time. I feel like only her, Bad Bunny, and like Beyonce could do now, the type of numbers they're doing. Now here's the thing, bro. Does Beyonce even do those kind of numbers? Like I know Beyonce tickets that have gone for four, five, six hundred. Maybe I'm not as tapped in with that, bro. Like I, mean, I, I wouldn't like, know. Taylor Swift's audience and her like this last tour was real eye opening because I, I knew she was big, bro. Like you know what I mean. But I didn't realize like how big she was. Yeah. And she's only thirty three. She's young as I mean, fuck, she's bro. technically. A- you said what? She's technically a veteran. She's been around for forever, bro. <laughs> like. She's been around for forever, like like as long as I can remember, she's been like, you know, out in the, in, the, in the spotlight. Ever since I was in middle school, at, at least, you know. Hey, so it's pretty crazy Kendrick. the longevity. Shout out to Kendrick for piping that man. <laughs> he got one for the. Hey, we're not, we don't we don't start we don't start gossiping rumors on the podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, that shit crazy though, like. Uh, concert tickets, the prices, stuff like that. But anyways, going back to Larry June, bro, like, I was happy I got to see him. It was a great time. The one thing, bro, I heard uh, on Wednesday's show, he ended up bringing out The Alchemist. He had another show on Wednesday, too? Yeah, it was either Wednesday or Tuesday. But it was a show right at, like, a day or two after us. He ended up bringing out Alchemist. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's damn, you, you know what I mean? Like, to have both of them perform the album together and, like... Either way. Yeah, because I don't think any of the tracks that he performed, at least on Sunday, I don't think any of the tracks were Alchemist produced. I could be wrong, but I just don't recall off the top of my head if he performed any songs from his catalog that were Alchemist produced. So that's I dope mean, that he brought him out. Nah, I mean, but he had to, though, because you got to think his last pro- like his most recent project was entirely produced by Alchemist. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, but no, you're right, though. Like, he's more likely, I'm pretty sure they they play, they ran through the whole album because they didn't run through the whole album when we were there. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, he kept bouncing around from project to project, played some fire ass tracks. But one thing I will say, though, bro, like, I, that was my first time going to the Fox Theater. Oh, for real? Yeah, I didn't realize how dope of a venue that was. Like, I was just going to say it's a great venue because, like, Number one, like it's underrated when you go to a concert and you have like the option to sit 
obviously like when he was performing everybody was standing up out of their seat but like i felt my legs getting tired a little bit because you know i was sitting there gigging you know <laughs> so like i got tired after a little bit so having the option to just like sit down kind of like scroll on your phone just sip on something for a little bit motherfuckers were pulling out like blunts and just sitting there just chief just chief. and it's like bro it was a vibe nah that yeah i remember um now nah, i remember like even right when we got there the one thing i will say was just like my boy took a long time to get there because even because the show started at what eight, right? I'm like, I'm not pulling up at mm-hmm. eight. We pulled up at like close to nine, and even when we got on nine, you know, it was one of it was one of his knockoff homies like spitting, which I'm not hating. Put your boy on, but I'm like, bro, I didn't come to see you. Was <laughs> it a Monroe Flow? Monroe Flow. Monroe Flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was actually not bad. though. He was actually not bad. No hate. I'm not hating, bro, but I'm just like, I'm not about to go fucking <laughs> rush to my seat to go see Monroe Flow. You feel me? <laughs> like, yeah, this is what it is. But we made the mistake of showing up on time, so I actually got to see his whole performance. Not 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 half bad, but you know, <laughs> when you're the opener, it's kind of tough because everybody waiting for the main performer. Yeah, I mean yeah. Right, that's what that's the one thing I realized though, because at least with shows like, if, depending on who it is, but I'd say for the most part, bro, like you kind of just got to know like whoever you came to see is not coming on stage when the door is open. They probably not coming on stage for the first hour and a half, two hours. Especially if they a rap artist. Especially. Nah, that part. Well, hey, did he? Uh, yeah. Did y'all end up having a an encore over there when you was there? Yeah, I think the last song that he performed was uh, uh, "Smoothies" in nineteen ninety one. Everybody yep. was going stupid when he performed that, and so like the crowd got loud, and then he performed like two. I think they might have been unreleased songs, or I just haven't heard them, but. Bro, he he, two songs. he played he played a single that's supposed to come out. I forgot the name of it, bro. But like, just with everything I've been going through recently, like I ain't even gonna lie. Even the dude that he was featured on, like I gotta actually talk to the homegirl because she recorded the entire, uh, she recorded that entire set. But yeah. I was like, yo, this is it was an amazing song. Like old boy that he had featured on it was spitting way harder than Larry too. So I'll give him that. But. Mm-hmm. uh yeah, man, for y'all listening, be on the lookout for that single I can't remember the name of. <laughs> Salute to Uncle Larry. Hey, 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 hey. Good job, hey, Larry. Hey, 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 Man. But yeah, bro, cool ass weekend. Can't be mad. You know what I mean? And uh, speaking, while we're on the topic of concerts, we got, yeah, you know you know what we got coming up? 50 Cent. Man. A month from man. Today, actually. Yeah. Hey, real quick, before we go on to 50 Cent, because I'm fucking stoked for that show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bro, let's talk about this little baby not being able to sell out these concerts. I want to yeah. know. You-, you know, and my thoughts on it, bro, kind of just like piggybacks off of what you were saying earlier. Obviously, like no hate to Larry June, but like we said we got our money's worth, right? But you said like the one critique you had was like the stage presence wasn't all the way did, wasn't all the way there. He just got on stage and just started, you know, rapping words back and forth, which if you're a fan of his music and like you know the lyrics to a lot of his words for me, no problem, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I feel yeah. like for the average um, person who's going to like a music show, say it's like somebody who is a fan of the artist and then it doesn't even have to be like specific to Larry June, but like they're a fan of the artist and then they invite their friend who never heard their music before to come to a show just to put yeah, them on, right? Like I don't think if a, if a rapper is just sitting there like rapping and pacing the stage back and forth with breaks in between, that's not going to entice the person who's never heard of them to go and listen to their music. You know what I mean? Um, so I feel like with the Larry June example, like 
that's his tickets are very reasonably priced. But with Lil Baby, no hate to Lil Baby, I'm a Lil Baby fan. But I've always said I feel like he was kind of overrated. And it got to the point where I feel like him and his camp think that they're bigger than they actually like are. And so he's selling out like, or he's trying to like book arenas and like stadiums and shit. We're like, whoa, buddy, slow down. You got too much dip on your chip. And he's, he's selling concert tickets for like 200 plus bucks and nobody's buying them. And then he's canceling tours. I'm like, did you really expect anything else? Like, you're not, you're not on that kind of level yet. You know what that goes back to, though? It, it's like with the um, with streaming and faking the streaming numbers. You know yep. what I mean? It'll inflate your ego. Next thing you know, it's just because you're over here. You got 50, 60, even 100 million views on a video on, you know what I mean? On multiple yep. videos and multiple songs. Like You think that, you know what I mean? If manipulating streams wasn't a thing, those kind of numbers would say, I need to start selling out arenas. Yep. But something like somebody like a Larry June, somebody like even bro, I remember when I went and saw Isaiah Rashad pause at the um at the Catalyst. <laughs> you feel me? Like great show, amazing dude, pause. Like you feel me? Yeah. It, was a, it was a great time. Mm-hmm. But it was a catalyst. It wasn't too big. Like, you know what I mean? Isaiah's yep. a known rapper. Everybody fucks with him, but Isaiah ain't out here trying to sell out SAP Center. Yeah, bro. It's like you got to kind of meet your fans in the middle. You know what I mean? <laughs> you feel me? And put it this way. Like, I would, if, I, if I'm if i somebody like, you know what I mean? I get a little baby's big, but bro, why wouldn't you go to the Fox Theater and fucking go? Even even think about the uh, the Beano show we went to. Uh, yeah, that was, even that venue, bro. You pack out that venue. You probably have three, four, five hundred people in that bitch. Sell out a whole week. Now, people that go in there, you're you're already manipulating the environment to show like, damn, it's packed versus you go to SAP center and you sell a thousand, a thousand tickets. Motherfuckers turn around look at the nosebleeds and that shit's empty. It's just like, yeah, "Yeah, motherfuckers really must not be fucking with him. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like if you got a smaller venue, cause like, I forgot what the name of the venue was in Oakland that we saw Bino at, but you're right, bro. You pack that motherfucker out. You know what I mean? that spot wasn't even that much bigger than like say like the catalyst in santa cruz so to be honest i would say it was a little bit smaller than the catalyst yeah but if you got it packed out the optics of that look better than like a 75 percent full like sap center arena where it's just like bro you don't got that kind of juice yet like it's okay it doesn't have to be a hit to your ego to perform at a smaller venue but i feel like with rappers that's what it kind of comes down to i mean bro put it this way like look at uh look at somebody like a kevin hart right Mm -hmm. this guy goes to SAP Center and arenas because he has to. Yep. Because if Kevin Hart comes and performs at the improv now, which I'm not saying that he's too big. I mean, he is too big for it, but like he like, you know what I mean? Dave Chappelle likes to go and fucking be in an intimate crowd and performing it. Like, you know what I mean? With a smaller mm-hmm. group, because those people really fuck with you. You can really give them a show. Yep. But when you're somebody like a Kevin Hart who you're just blown up. You know, if I go perform a weekend at the improv, those tickets are sold out the day before, the day after they come out. Facts. You know what I mean? And then ticket scalpers, motherfuckers is reselling, reselling, reselling. And you know what I mean? It's it's basic supply and demand, bro. You got you got to know yourself as an artist. You got to like know yourself. Or whatever, yeah. I think, I mean, shit, bro, you got to keep it real with yourself at a certain point. Like, exactly. <laughs> you are not him. <laughs> which, is, which reels us back to our, like, topic before this. To me, it's kind of crazy that on the 20-year anniversary of Get Rich or Die Trying, fucking 50 Cent, who's moved past music so long ago, 
is still able to sell out massive venues, dog. Like, he's a fucking legend. And, like, legend. this is the year I finally started, like, truly realizing, like, how much of an impact he had on my, like, like hip-hop upbringing. You know what I mean? First time yeah. I heard that nigga, I was, like, seven or eight years old. And I was like, who the fuck is that? Like a superhero, like an action figure or some shit. Man, bro, bigger than life. And it's, you know, it's wild that you say that. Like, I really didn't start appreciating him until I got older. Because obviously, like, yeah. I, I was I was a huge 50 fan growing up. And I'm not going to lie, like, in that side of the beef, like, yeah, bro, I rolled with the game just from, you know what I mean, being a West, being a West Coast kid and this and that. But, like, I'm not going to sit here in front. Like, when he first came out, it was fuck game, fuck Toadie. Like, this is 50, you know what I mean? We're not even I wasn't outside yet. I was a kid, yeah. You know what I mean? But then I, yeah. now I look back and I go back and I'm like, yo, 50 Cent really embodied everything as just like a man, you know what I mean? And first yeah, off, yeah. shout out to Tony Yayo, bro, because it, it was crazy because every interview that I see of him, first thing in every comments is like, man, I need me a friend as loyal as Tony, man. <laughs> nigga, said, nigga said when Tony Yayo came out the womb, his first words were probably 50 Cent. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, bro. <laughs> But nah, nah, that's but nah, fact, I'm, I'm so excited for this tour just because it's one of those like, bro, this man gave us two classic albums that are timeless. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the definition of classic, but. <laughs> you could say more than that, even if you like look into like the G-Unit like mixtapes that they released together. There's hundreds of mixtapes. They started the mixtape era, bro. Bro, he really just, his whole goal was putting his people on. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Young Buck from Cashville, he ain't really do much. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yayo just, you know what I mean? I'm not saying Yayo trash because Yayo ain't trash. It was just he never blew up to that level. Because, I mean, 50 talks about it a lot, how he wanted Yayo to be the 50 cent. Yayo was just, bro, him and 50 were just like, they, they go back. They're just like childhood friends. You know what I mean? You know? And, and obviously, game, we know that entire situation. Like, game ain't about to be nobody's second man. But And to me, I've, I've always... My bad. I've always said this, bro. Like, the last name you were going to mention was Lloyd Banks. To me, he was always the best rapper, lyricist in the whole crew. Nah, 100%, bro. But, like, here's the thing with Lloyd, and I realize this, like, because I watch a lot of, like, uh, I watch a lot of interviews with 50 Cent, so I know exactly who he is now. But uh, one of the <laughs> things he was talking about was, like, Lloyd was just too lazy. Like, Lloyd was cool with being the top dog in a small pond. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, like, I mean yeah, I get 50's complaint, but I, I can't complain. I mean, I, I can't, like, blame him either, you know what I mean? Because Lloyd is, like, is like 8 to 10 years younger than 50 and Yayo, you know? So Damn, he was, like, their little homie. That, yeah, he was, like, their little homie that they put on, and he was the best rapper in the crew to me, easily. And uh, if you just get put on, like, that early, like, you're not really going to develop the work ethic that is, is needed. Uh, like, where was he supposed to get 50's type of work ethic from? 50, 50 was selling crack on the block before he became big, you know what I mean? He already had the work ethic. But yeah. look, like Lloyd Banks didn't have to go through any of that, really, because I mean, when you also think, bro, have you seen those pictures of Fifty at fourteen? Yeah, that motherfucker looked like he was twenty-eight. I'm like, yo, bro, <laughs> like, yeah, he's different, bro. Brolic ass. <laughs> but bro, I'm I'm surprised that the tickets sold for so cheap. I would like, cause some niggas that I asked, they're like, nah, bro, I'm not trying to go. But bro, you do you realize Fifty Cent's a legend, and he's like. This is his last music tour ever. I don't know, like, if I'm not, if I'm never gonna get this chance again, like, I want to go see him, bro. Hey, you know, 
what this kind of reminds me of, obviously, two different genres, not genres, but two different classes. But it was yeah. kind of like, uh, you remember when uh, Outkast did their last tour? Yeah, I recall that, yeah. And, like, I just never, like, I didn't go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm sorry, as I'm getting older, like, and all my, like, idols that I grew up, like, music idols, certain, you know what I mean? It's just like, ah, right, bro, this is their last tour. Let me, and I've never seen them before in person. Exactly. Me, you know what I mean? Like, it's even little shit, bro. Like, I look back at uh, me going to that Cavs game. <laughs> Here I go, bringing everything back to the Cavs, even in the podcast. Yeah. The Cavs. But uh, 2017, bro, when they played the fucking Celtics, me going out there and watching the Cavs live for the first time, bro, like, I like I know I could sit here and be like, yeah, LeBron coming back to Cleveland. But, like, yeah. I'm happy I was able to go see LeBron live in a Cleveland jersey. Yeah, man. It, life is about experiences, bro. Like, sometimes you just got to say, fuck it. Like, if I have the money... I don't, I'm really kind of hesitant to spend it right now, but just fuck it. I'm going to spend it. Get yep. that plane ticket. Go. It, it, you never regret it because you know it's going to be a dope experience. So, just put it this way, man. Memories last a lifetime, bro. You can go go get that Gucci shirt, bro. I guarantee you ain't going to remember that shit in 20 years. Yeah. I feel like nowadays society places a lot of importance on the power of saying no, which is like it's a good power. Like Once you learn how to like say no consistently and be cool with that, you're like – like you've unlocked a new level like in your life, right? But yeah. I feel like it's also like like sometimes I like and I do this too, I get too carried away with saying no. Like I get to a point where I'm like too rigid or too like structured, you know what I mean? Whereas like the best moments in life happen out of just being, hey bro, you're trying to just trying to just go to the but show you, for but see, Hey, but I I'll, I'll give you one more, bro. Like saying no depending on the situation. Like going to a fifty cent show on a Saturday, whatever, right? Like Yeah, bro, fuck it. Like fuck it, let's yeah. do it. Versus, hey, versus, hey, man, you trying to go downtown, go grab a drink? Hey, man, you trying to go see what's up with these hoes over here? Like, yes. those are the yes. moments you got to say no to. Like, you exactly. know what I mean? Because it's just, you're, it, those are like repetitive shit. Like, we've done it before. Like, it's cool. Like, it is what it is. Versus, mm -hmm. like, the whole the whole going to a concert, going flying out somewhere. These are, like, experiences. And especially, yeah. like, bro, the one thing I realized, like, talking to a lot of people that are from, like, out of town, or uh, from out of the state, mm -hmm. like the fact that our baseline of living is so high in Cali, our vacations can be fucking amazing. Yeah. When we go That's to vacation, we not like imagine being imagine somebody being in fucking uh, Kansas City, Missouri, right? And they're like, I'm about to go vacation in Cali. Bro, yeah. Be like, damn, bro, I blew a bag in Cali. Yep. Yeah, if you, you switch the same person goes out to Kansas City, Missouri, like yo, I had a cheap ass vacation in Missouri, like you know what I mean? And I got some money left over to bring back with me. Fuck yeah. You you feel me? So it's just one of those like and especially us being in the Bay Area, and like me specifically being in Silicon Valley, I'm like, yo, like partying out here is low key expensive. It just don't feel that way because you making the bread. Yeah, bro. One night out or God forbid two nights out in a row, bro, you that's five. You're spending some good money. Like, That's five, bro. You you blew half a band. And you don't even realize it, too. You're just doing regular shit. Like, oh, let me get some food. Let me get another shot. And it's like, next thing you know, you're running up like a whole fucking bill. For a perfect example. Like, last night, I went out on some simple shit. You know what I mean? Me and homegirl, we kicking it. Fucking uh, met some people outside. Like, boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom. Couple shots here. Couple shots here. Two regular drinks. Boom, $100 down the drain. <laughs> like, what? God damn, I can't have a meal with my friends and just unwind from from, from the week without fucking... Man, bro, I remember when me and Mark was out in Cleveland, bro. Like, 
<laughs> bro, we was over here shot, 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 just drinking, eating, doing all this shit. Old girl came back with the bill, fifty four bucks. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, bro, here that's like a simple meal for two with like maybe a glass of wine for each person. Yeah, you're running at least fifty four bucks. No, you get one glass of wine to share between two people. Yeah, and like bucks. And yeah, that's, that's, a simple that's dinner plate. No, that's if we ordered from the two for thirty. Like, yeah. <laughs> Bro, you go to Chili's and spend that quick. <laughs> Walk out sober than a muff. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers be over here like, damn, bro. Yeah, bro. Vacations, though, man. Shit, hey, fucking, um, damn, bro, I was about to ask you something. Well, clearly, I can't ask you now because I forgot it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we always got to get back to the basketball shit. Uh, yeah. I'll, I, the reason why I'm asking this too is because I was just watching uh, Chet Holgram's um, interview on All the Smoke. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Like these Thunder might actually make, be making some noises coming here. I didn't even know he was on All the Smoke. Was he like, "Yeah, bro, we're just gonna totally fucking kill it this year"? Okay, see, <laughs> baby. You know what's crazy? I thought that too, bro. But like, you cool? <laughs> yeah, his energy cool as fuck, bro. Like, yeah, his energy that I witness through a screen yeah, whoa hey yo buddy no i'm just kidding <laughs> hey yo how old is uh chet <laughs> chet is uh 21 years old damn okay bro he's still 21 years and he look he did bulk up in the off season to be honest like he does look a little like he's still kind of skinny but he looks a lot bulkier you know looks a lot bulkier i think then, the one like, like, yeah, yeah. compared compared <laughs> to last season this nigga was like a pencil stick Nah, I mean, shit, that's why he got fucking dunked on by LeBron and broke his whatever. Yeah, or bro. Tore, tore, tore that ligament. Either way, no, I just say that to say, bro, like, I didn't realize how deep OKC's roster is, but it's wild because the oldest dude on their team damn near is Lou Dort. Bro, and he's like, their best defender. How old is Lou Dort? Like 25, 26. Yeah, bro, you, like, sky's the ceiling if that's your oldest player. Bro, throw some vets in there, you know what I mean? Yeah, they need to get some, like, solid vets just to come off the bench. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's how you start every dynasty. If you remember, like, the Warriors, bro, 2012, 2013, like, Steph, Clay, and Draymond were all still young as hell. Um, do, do you remember when they had uh, Jarrett, Jack, and Carl Landry coming off their bench? You said who? Jarrett, Jack, and Carl uh, Landry. Off the Thunders bench? No, no, it was a sorry, Jared Jack and uh, Jermaine O'Neal off the Warriors bench. It was like 2012, 2013. This so yeah, I do, I do remember that. I do like, remember bro, that. like honestly, how big do you think Jermaine O'Neal's presence was was for like Draymond Green, for example, and Jared Jack for Steph Curry and Clay? Jer- I'm not gonna lie, Jared Jack. That name has always just sounded like a fucking folklore character. Nigga's last name is Jack. <laughs> My name is Jared Jack. I got a big <laughs> Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. But, but now, no, you get my point, though, right? Those are solid vets to have for young up-and-coming stars. OKC needs to follow that same model. They don't need to be, like, all-star caliber vets, just vets that know what the fuck they're doing and can put up numbers. The one thing shoot. about OKC, bro, like, they can go get them vets that are good and they prime right now. With the amount of assets these fuckers got, like... They can pay niggas. <laughs> like, bro, got a lot of money. Them, bro. You know how many draft picks that they got stockpiled? Like, mm-hmm. you talk about like moving on. Like, granted, going from KD, Russ, and Harden, and Ibaka, like, and Reggie Jackson. Like, I'm not gonna lie, just naming those five off the top is like, 
damn, that's a championship squad, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, y- y'all should have won at least one with them. Man, and the but, fact uh, that, like, and I mean, shit, bro. It, and it's and it's wild how they got fucked because they really tried to pay Harden like he was a six man. And Houston's over here, like, nah, you ain't no six man. Come over here. We we'll give you starter money ASAP. And yeah. all he wanted was nine million dollars more. Go dive into that luxury tax, bro. And y'all could have had the chip, but the next year, maybe in two. Like you weren't like, on that first year, but like, bro, I still, I, I still think Sam Presti, right? Even though he kind of fucked that whole thing up, I still feel like he's the best GM in the league, to be honest, or one of the best GMs in the league, not the best, but one of. Because I would say, hey, would you put him up there? I mean, you have to put him up there. Who's uh, Utah's GM? He was with uh, Boston before. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge, bro. I would say the two of them. Because I mean, yeah, you could put Joe uh, Joe Laker, but it was just I feel like that has to do with just the organization as a whole being able to draft. I'm talking about like making moves. You know what I mean? Yeah, Trade Danny Ainge. Yeah, pieces. I'd say Danny Ainge and Sam Presti might be the top two. And I, I'm not going to lie. I'd have to put even uh, my boy Kobe Allman. Right yeah, he's up there. He's, he's, in up the top, there. he's a top five for sure. He's yeah. underrated because for those of you that don't know, Kobe Altman is the GM of the Cleveland Cavaliers, of course. But uh, in all seriousness, yeah, he is a, he is a very good um, GM and he's underrated because the Cavs have made a lot of moves recently. Man. Hey, if, you, uh, if you're Donovan Mitchell, bro, are you leaving Cleveland after your contract? No, because I like I don't really know where else he gonna go. Like like they're saying New York. Yeah. Okay, I, I I guess, but I, like he's still getting superstar treatment in Cleveland. Like, wasn't he an All Star starter last year or some shit? Yeah, but it's also like you living in Cleveland, bro. <laughs> Versus you could live in New York. Like the older I get, the more I think about shit like that. I'm like. These are grown ass men with families and aspirations and dreams. Like, <laughs> what dream are you aspiring to in Cleveland? That's like, true. He, he doesn't have a family yet. He's like a single dude, no kids. He want to be in the big city. <laughs> yeah. Like Donovan Mitchell in the big market would be crazy. And trust yeah. me, this is coming from somebody who, like, bro, like I am the definition of one of the shittiest low market, like, uh, what do you call, fucking small market teams you could be a fan of. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy because everybody we have on our team, majority of them, we drafted or they just don't have a personality or they're nerds. Like, (laughs) like Jared Allen ain't going nowhere unless we move him because Jared Allen is not like, I mean, bro, like, look at our entire squad. Like, who do you see as party animals? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I feel like, like, I wouldn't blame, now that I think about it, like, I couldn't blame Donovan Mitchell for wanting a big market move because he spent all of his career so far in fucking Utah and Cleveland. Like, yeah. it'd be fair to think he wants to live in a, in a big city. And I'll be honest with you, bro. That's why, like, I, 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 was, talking with the, I was talking with somebody yesterday about this. Um, and I was saying, like, bro, like, I feel like we pulled the trigger on the trade a year too early. Yeah, but at the same time, like, if he wants to get traded, like, you guys still have the asset, which is Donovan Mitchell. You can get, like... 100%. No, no, I'm saying... You know, that the return value for him. Think about it this way. The very first year, which was Mobley's rookie year, right, two years ago, when we had our starting lineup of Sexton, Garland, uh, Laurie Markinen, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, mm-hmm. and then Colin Sexton went down after 10 ga- 12 games, and Darius Garland ended up taking over, and then we, boom, inserted Rubio and Okoro. But I'm saying we fir- we're the like, bro, we implemented a three-man, seven-foot team that was working. And we were one play-in game away from making the playoffs. 
That's so true. I say that to say, then the following, that summer, we end up making this huge trade, get Donovan Mitchell, and you're telling me the next year we only we made it to the first round and only won one playoff game? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, though, that I feel like the whole reason y'all lost in the first round shouldn't be a cause for panic. Because no, it's not a cause for panic, but I'm just saying, looking back 2020, it's yeah. just, what if we ran it back with the same team and let that team try to get over the hump of winning? Because, bro, we lost two playing games. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's easy to say now, too, right? But I think Laurie Markkinen needed to get traded, and I don't think he'd be the player that he is in Utah. I'm not saying he's going to be a 30-point player, but having a seven foot three because our biggest weakness right now is we've been trying to find a three, dude. That's why, shout-out to Imani Bates, bro. I think he's going to be our three of the future. But had we not pulled that trigger early like, and let marketing find his groove, because put it this way, Jared Allen's defense and Jared Allen and Mobley, bro, they helped us get to a top two defense in the league last year. Yeah. And then having another seven foot presence in the fucking paint to like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, would have been super free roaming as a defender. I feel like, bro, I think I, I still think this version of the team with Donovan Mitchell, even if he does want to get traded, I feel like this is this. That was the right move. And it's, it's one of those things where you just got to give it like another season because now that like they feel like we got to give it. I, honestly, I think we got to we got to give it till Mobley and Garland hit their peaks together. Yeah. Like that's all. That is our core right there, Mobley and uh, Mobley and Garland, and, and everybody else is just uh, getting where you fit in. And that's crazy to say because Donovan Mitchell is the superstar on our team. But if it's up to me, bro, like if they're like, ah, right, you got to choose one to walk, Mitchell or Garland, deuces, Mitchell. Yeah, I, I would probably do the same. Like, cause Garland is probably the one of the last pure point guards we got in the league. Plus, just as a player, he's more flexible in terms of like like what kind of players you can add around him versus Mitchell. He's like, he's a scorer and you can only add certain types of players to like compliment him. Garland is a point guard, facilitator, distributor, scorer. So yeah. you can add any type of player around him and he'll make it work. So it gives you more flexibility that way. Super flexibility. He's not the better player right now. Hey man, just to kind of like shift gears, right? Cause I, I know you would kind of talk to me about it, but um, give me three books you would recommend to our audience right now. Three books. I'm not gonna pretend like I be I be I be reading like that, but you know, I mean, I I, I get down a little bit, you know. Sometimes. I get down with the books and the knowledge and shit. I probably read honestly, dude. Like I'm not. I probably don't read as much as I should. I probably spend more time reading like online articles, for example, versus actual like full length books. Well, then let's let's not do three. How about one? I, I mean, that's not to say I can't name three. You know what I mean? Like I ain't illiterate, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, this is going to be, like, purely books that I've read, right? I would say, number one, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Great book. Title speaks for itself. Uh, second book would probably be uh, 48 Laws of Power. 48 Laws of Power. Okay. You finished it? Uh, yeah, I read it front to back, bro. Damn, okay. I'm only halfway through it right now. Yeah. Um, and then the third book I would say is, uh, Barracoon. Say that again? Barracoon. Barracoon. And for, for those who don't know what Barracoon is about, it is about basically the documented life of the last known African slave to set foot in America. Because, you know, like after they abolished slavery in America, like some plantation owners in the South were still like, 
making expeditions to Africa and smuggling slaves like illegally up until like the 1860s. So like 1860 something, they brought their last ship that was ever recorded um, to go across the transatlantic slave route, whatever. And, and it was called what? Barracoon. Barracoon. A R R A C O O N. And they basically document the life of a guy who was in his early 20s when he got captured and brought to America, and then he lived up to his 90s. And the the author Zora Zora Neale Hurston, she's like a famous like black or African American author that she was like in the 1920s or 30s. She went over to like where he lived in South Carolina to interview him about his life. And she transliterated everything. And like they actually just released like an updated version of that 1920s book, like a hundred years later type shit. So I, I would check it out. Like look it up. B-A-R-R-A-C-O-O-N. Really good book, bro. It's fucking eye-opening as fuck. Damn, okay, okay. Now I'm peeping it right now. I'm, but yeah, those would be my three. Same question over back to you, dog. I mean, to keep it a buck with you, you say you ain't read like that. Um, you know, if you don't read, I don't even know what a word means. <laughs> nah, in all seriousness, though, like, I've been trying to get back into reading, uh, these, like, especially this year, the past year. Um, yeah. So I only got two books. Like, I'm not even going to front. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going through a couple books, but two books that I fully read all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one has to be uh, 50 Cent's Hustle Smarter or Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. Yeah, um, that was on my list actually. A lot of the, uh, a lot, a lot of the stuff he was talking about in that book, just with his personal life and connecting it to where he's at now, it was uh, yep. I, like not. I, I don't want to just say just eye open. It was more so. It was, um, it it was refreshing to see somebody make the connection with their current successes and tie it back to an example from their opposite upbringing. If that makes sense. Yeah, and -hmm. it's one of those like I mean, Fifty Cent is a no no nonsense kind of guy. Everything about him is just, you know, I mean, super like it's one of those. He's he's a super matter of fact kind of dude. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that is definitely, um, yeah that that is definitely something that I would recommend. The other book is uh, Thirteen Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Mm -hmm. Amy Morin. I don't know. That's I'd, I'd probably say that's one of the big things that I've been trying to work on this year, last year, recently, especially like in my late twenties, is trying to just build that mental, that mental fortitude with just stuff that I don't want to do, stuff that I know, like you know what I mean, shit that you need to do, but it's not always the most pleasing. Or even when yep. shit gets hard, bro, being able to just stay even keel, stay calm and collected. Um, yep. Yeah, that book is something that I recommend. So I know I oh, asked yeah. for three. I'm not even going to cap. I don't got a third one. Uh, I'm not about to be uh, LeBron James out here. Mr. Read the first five pages of a book and talk about, yeah, man, you know, uh, very impactful person. Uh, that shit was outrageous, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. This nigga was walking around with the autobiography of Malcolm X as a prop. Like, dog, that shit was so funny. And the wild thing about it, too, is this dude is a basketball genius. Like, he, he, he will break down every play that happened in a 48-minute game seven games ago. But, yeah. but he ain't trying to get past the fifth one. That shit had me dying, bro. Like, she, he got caught red-handed, bro. He was like, hey, you know the funniest one? He got caught red-handed one. To this day, it lives rent-free in my head, bro, is the um, uh, the Godfather one. Hey, oh, yeah. so you said The Godfather is your favorite movie. Can you give me one quote? Ah, oh, man, there's so many to pick. Just give me one. 
ah man, I can't just do that. Like, who is this guy? Uh, I can't. <laughs> then he got mad at the reporter for asking him the question. Like, dog, it's a very. What you ask me for, man? Because you said it was your favorite movie. Yeah, don't mean you got to ask me which <laughs> which line I like. Oh like, my god. Nah, that shit. Um, that, nah, that shit is uh, that shit's funny. <laughs> LeBron, <laughs> Le- <laughs> reading. Lareed James. Nah, yeah. bro, I was even down. I forgot what, what the name of the um, the young soccer player that was on uh, the shop with him. And he ended up talk, telling, he's like, yeah, you know, my coach used to always tell me this and stuck with me. And LeBron's like, yeah, that's my favorite, that's my favorite quote, too. That, that was my boy Marcus Rashford, dog. Salute Marcus to Manchester Rashford. United. Shout out yeah. to Rashford, bro. Nah, he's man. Fucking, he's a baller, dog. Like, yeah. Engine, but, yeah, he's, he's, hey. he's about to have a crazy season. I, I just thought about this, bro. And, honestly, like, it'll be a um, – Great last topic, real quick. So mm-hmm. you know how uh, you know how the Saudis be over here dropping a bag to these players to try to have them come over yeah. for one of your deals. Do you think that's gonna happen with the with NBA players soon? Nah, they don't like basketball enough over there to start doing that. Trust me, if they liked basketball or if they gave a fuck about the NBA, they would have done that shit a long time ago. Yeah, and every NBA player would be over there right now, dog. But put it this way though, now like so, soccer's been around a lot longer than basketball. You know what I mean? Cause that's true. It's easier to just kick a ball, but now it's like you. Hey, we needed we needed our human intellect to come up with the put a basket up there. That's it's true. That's true. The ball, let's pick it up and shoot it. Anyways, I say all that to say like basketball has been around way less than uh, soccer. You know what I mean? Yep. So give it time. More leagues are coming out. Already think about it this way. I feel like in 10, 15 years, college basketball is going is not going to be a thing. Club basketball is going to start be, becoming a thing out here. Oh That's hell yeah, motherfuckers are going to go to Europe. Like even American like like collegiate level players like amateur players that are gonna make it to I the NBA like go here and get a fucking mill. Yeah, and like you see how they come out of Europe ready as fuck. You see Jokic, you see Luka, you see Giannis. Like, bro, like Europe might have a better NBA prep system than than our local collegiate system. You know? And name the top five players in the league right now. All them niggas are European. Jokic, Giannis, and like one or two, however you want to do it. Um, Embiid's up there. I don't know what number he is. This is in no order. But Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, Luka, uh, Luka and five might be an American dog. Five might be. But even if that fifth dude is up number one, we just named four players that can qualify for a top five in the league. Yeah, Jokic, Luka, Giannis, Embiid, and I'd say five is Steph. But that's like you only got one American there. And then put it this way, bro. Like even as you start going down, like bro. Jamal Murray, one of the top point guards in the league, Canadian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Shea, Canadian. Shea. You know what's crazy? That shit blew my mind. I didn't I didn't know that until this year. I connected the doubts once I heard him talk in an interview. I'm like, this nigga got a Canadian ass. <laughs> I just be getting baskets, eh? Yeah, I just, I just like I just like watching Kobe play. I wasn't really a fan of LeBron. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he's a motherfucker, Canadian. But nah, like, so I say all that to say, like, Bro, I could definitely see, like, because think about – shout out to Messi, first of all. Like, the fact that the Saudis offered you, what, 1.6? And you like, like – 1.6 billion, including image rights. But, yeah, salute to him, but I'd say that's pretty easy to turn down when you're all already generationally wealthy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you are like, you know, Messi. If that's I got 800 million in career earnings, like, a billion isn't going to sound as enticing as it does to the broke nigga. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, shit. You got to think, eight hundred million in career earnings. That that's not even including endorsement. 
Yeah, and he already has like other side ventures that he's like Saudi is already paying him because he's like a global ambassador for Saudi tourism. Like is he he's really? gonna check off of that. Yeah, dude. Like what the, in fuck the office, does he mean? Yeah, he does like commercials and like um, partners with like like tourist companies and shit like that for investments just to like prop up tourism to Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia is trying to follow like the model of like Dubai and like not just rely on oil and like try to build their economy off of tourism. <laughs> So they're actually smart about it. They're using one of like probably the most famous person in the planet to try and do that. You think you think Messi's the most famous man in the planet? Yeah, pro- like dude, my my like ninety two year old grandmother who grew up in a village knows who he is. You don't think so, LeBron's more known than Messi? Absolutely not. Messi is definitely way more known. Messi, bro, Messi, you go to any random village in Bangladesh, they 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 know Messi. They know Messi. Right. Put it this way, Kobe or Messi? Messi. Still. I'd say Messi's even bigger than like Oprah. What about Jordan? Messi. Nah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Messi's already bigger than Jordan. In terms of global popularity and fame, maybe not in America. Like it's everybody in America still knows who he is. Can't comprehend it. No. Outside of America, they literally worship this nigga. Like whole countries worship him. Yes. Yeah. I. I mean, shit, bro. Ronaldo or Messi. Messi. Ronaldo has more Instagram followers, but Messi's like, dude, you got to understand, Messi's revered like the Pope type shit. Yeah. <laughs> In a lot of places, bro. But you got to also, I mean, honestly, I will also attribute that to the fact that Messi looks like the average dude. Yeah, dude, like he's like genuinely the average right. guy isn't 6'2", 6'3". I think he's actually, I think like, I don't think he's faking it. I think he's like a genuinely down-to-earth motherfucker. Like, that's probably what it is, too. That's probably what makes him so likable, whereas Ronaldo was like, a uh, fucking diva type, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody ain't fucking rocking with that. And that's also the same case with a lot of other athletes. He's one of the few that kind of isn't. So, salute to him. Thanks for coming to America, buddy. Man, bro, I, honestly, hey, I'm going to leave it off on this. You know the ticket prices from, um, what was it, the the MLS Miami team? What, what's the name of the team he playing for? Uh, Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami. They're... Um, there's game tickets went the cheapest was like 20 bucks before he signed right now mm-hmm. the cheapest ticket is 245 i believe mm-hmm. yep ever since he signed that deal well i mean i don't know i don't follow the mls but i know for a fact that <laughs> before yeah before he signed they were the worst team in the league and they were facing relegation so now that he joined, I don't know how much better he made them. I don't know what they're competing for right now. I mean, I that's, you know what's crazy? That's probably why he got percentages and, like, he actually got a stake in the team then. Yeah, because he has that level of impact, dog. Like, he, his first no, goal in that part, too, but I didn't realize that they were actually going under. No, no, no. They were, they were, they were the worst team in the league before he joined. And you got to understand, he's 36. He's 36 years old, so he's supposed to be on the back end of his career. You just saw him in the World Cup. He's still elite as ever. Like... Yeah. And so, like, if he's still putting out this level of output in the MLS, he's like, bro, it's going to be like playing against his kids. <laughs> like, this is the weakest level of competition and the worst group of teammates he's ever had. 100%. Well, let me say this way. You think, uh, say, say Miami fucks around and wins a chip, right? An mm-hmm. MLS chip. You think this mm-hmm. is going to, like, force more, uh, not force, but, like, motivate more uh, players from Europe to start transitioning over to American Soccer. No, because they, they don't have the level of clout that Messi does, and USA doesn't have the oil money. So, no, like, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about like in their prime. 
Because it's like motherfuckers in their prime playing the NBA. Motherfuckers in their prime, prime. No, like after they, after they fade out of their prime. Yeah, I'm talking about in the 37, 38, 39. No, I still think I, I think they'll go to Saudi Arabia because yeah. the earning potential at that age is way more in Saudi Arabia. And is plus, they're trying to build their uh, soccer economy. Is that what it is? Yeah, they're, they're dude. They're they're that country is like soccer obsessed or football obsessed. You know what I mean? So. Like, I'm actually not mad at what they're doing, bro, because I didn't think it would work. Yeah, I mean, every, every, basically every country in the world has, like, a soccer league. Got you. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Like, a league where they play football. And some are bigger than the others. Like, the most famous in the world are the ones that everybody follows, like the the Real Madrid's, the Chelsea's, the, so the five most famous leagues are in England, um, Spain. Uh, France, Germany, and Italy. Those are the ones that the rest of the whole world follows, and then those are the teams oh, that... Majority the Premier League teams are all from those five. Well, Premier League is the, the, the English league. Premier League is like the soccer league in England. It's specific oh, Champions, to England. Champions League is the one where it's the best teams from all these... Champions League is under UEFA, which is the European Federation of Football. It's It's crazy, like... Yeah, football has, like, a whole governing body that's, like, the UN on, like, some political type shit. Like, every, every continent has an has an FA, which is a football association, and then every country has their own FA, which is their own football association that manages their league. So UEFA, which is for Europe, manages the whole continent of Europe, so including those five countries we just named. So they set up the Champions League, where the best teams from those five countries and the rest of Europe compete for one trophy. So that's, like, the most coveted trophy in the world. But... Okay, okay, Saudi Arabia okay. is in Asia. They have their own competitions going on. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Let's see. If you ain't know, if you ain't know, now you know. I-Y-K-Y-K, dog. Man, come on now. Talk to him. I you need more people to start watching. That's why I like Messi's move to the U.S. Because I need more a lot of Americans to... Yeah, I already, already got a bunch of homies that are like... Are, are getting into it more and more. And like, they, like, we can actually talk about football now. And I'm just like, yes. Yes, I'm not the only one. <laughs> That's crazy. Salute to Nick Parent for putting me on, though. It's my brother, man. Shout out to Nick P, man. Yeah. Love my boy. He said he's down for the fantasy this year, but, you know, we'll talk about that later. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, shit, man. Uh, we 20 minutes longer than we thought we was going to do. This is a great combo. Great it was combo. in a bag, bro. No more, no more topics decided beforehand. We just come in and freestyle this motherfucker. You feel me? Especially, I mean, for the most part. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is cool, bro. Glad we yes, got sir. this done. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Appreciate y'all for sticking around. Yeah, if you're still watching, you a trooper and we love you. Man, come on now. Yeah. Well, shit, man. It's your boy, Ronnie. And on behalf of the Two Coin Podcast, I'm the other side of the coin, Waleed, and we are signing out this motherfucker. Go! Hey, 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 hey.